powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Whatever I don't get into, hopefully we have time at the 11.15 for me to get into. Into Bible's house, let's make our confession of faith together. It's brand new. Look on the screen. Let's go. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration emancipation and restoration every day in Jesus name amen so God we've already told you that we're open and we're ready because we started that way that's why you shifted the atmosphere quickly now God if you took us that high in the first 45 minutes I pray God that you would only exceed yourself in these next few moments let there be liberty in the building and online let there be freedom in the building and online Father, let there be jubilee in the building and online. Get the glory out of everything. Cause people that are far from you to come to you. Cause those that are disconnected to reconnect. Cause those that are not involved to get involved. Let this be all of our jubilee together. In Jesus' name, lift your hands in the building and online. Worship God for three seconds. Three, two, one. Shout jubilee. Let's go to work. We're going to be like Speedy Gonzalez today. This is your year of Jubilee. What three things can you expect? Number one, celebration. It's win or win for you. Hear me. Don't worry about the outcome. The outcome will always be a victory for you. Don't worry about, watch me, it could go bad. Watch me, even if it goes what you call bad, he takes all things and makes them work together for your good, which means it's still a win. Number two, emancipation. This year you have no restrictions. Whatever you didn't do last year, you're going to do this year. 
Whatever you didn't do last decade, you're going to do it this year. Whatever you did not accomplish in your last job, you're going to accomplish it this one. Whatever you didn't get done in your body, yaddy, yaddy, last year, you're going to get it done this year. You have no restrictions from any previous year. Open your mouth and say, there are no restrictions. Number three, this will be a year of restoration. Whenever God restores something, he gives it back to you better than it was before. Do not go looking for things to go back to the good old days. What if I told you the good old days are going to pale in comparison to what's ahead of you? You're going to look at what's next and look at what was, and you're going to say that was nothing. That's what the Bible says in Job chapter 8. Your latter is going to be greater than your former translation. It's going to be a whole lot better in the future than it was when you got started. See, here's the amazing part. You're doing better now than you've ever done before. Here's the best part. This is still the lowest you ever going to say jubilee, jubilee. In your jubilee year, you must keep the kingdom first. Let's jump right into it. Uh, hear me. Culture has falsely propagated the concept of balance, right? People say, I'm looking for a work-life balance. Eh, I'm looking for a family balance. Eh, I'm looking for a, 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 a business balance. Um, there is no such thing as balance because balance, by definition, it insinuates and it intimates equality. Hear me. You sleep for one-third of your life. You work another third of your life, which means you only really get to influence eight hours, maybe, out of each day and at least two hours of that you're going to be in traffic which means the whole concept of balance has a lot of people in pursuit of something that doesn't exist so you have people trying to find something that they cannot find so they get frustrated because they are searching for something that is not available the bible does not teach balance the bible teaches proper prioritization come on open your mouth and say proper priorities Matthew 6.33 makes this principle clear. Watch Jesus' words. But seek first the kingdom of God. Stop right there. He said, I am teaching you how to live a prioritized life, not a balanced life. Because you will never experience balance. What you will have is priorities. And he told you the first priority you need to have is making what's important to him important to you. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? It's on the screen. And his what? This means do it his way. Here's the issue. You do not get to give God a cheeseburger and he ordered a steak. Only in American Christianity can you do what you want to do and God is just going to let it be okay. Y'all ain't going to talk, but we're going to preach hard right through here. Only in some crazy non-biblical Christianity do you get to do it your way and get his results. How many of us can be honest that at some point in our walk with the Lord, we've tried it our way. We said, I'm going to talk the way I want to talk. I'm going to handle it the way I want to handle it. And you did not get the results that you wanted. But the Bible says that if you live a prioritized life and you do it his way, watch me. Look at the last part of the verse. All these things will be added unto you lift both of your hands say come I'm ready come I'm ready which means proper priorities is going to produce productivity and provision if you're not being productive that means your priorities are out of order I'll say it again if you're not being productive that means your priorities are out of order if you do not see provision that means that your priorities are out of order you gotta hear me and hear me clearly anything else first is out of order he said seek ye what the kingdom, which means do what's important to him first. God says if you do it second, you're out of order. If you do it when you feel like it, you're out of order. If you do it when your attitude improves because you haven't learned how to be a grown girl or a grown boy, y'all ain't going to say nothing. You are out of order. Touch your neighbor on the soul and say, get it together. Get. Uh-uh, I don't even like the way they responded to you. Touch them again and look with an attitude say, get it together, all right? 
If you're first, you're out of order. If your marriage is first, you're out of order. If your children are first, you're out of order. If your money is first, you're out of order. If your attitude is first, you are out of order. God is not obligated to bless your disorder simply because that's what you want to give him. Look at Matthew 8, 21. This is a young man who says to Jesus, his father has just passed away. Let's talk. He says, my father has just passed away. Certainly, God, you understand my situation. You should understand why I'm not doing what you told me to do. You should empathize and sympathize with why I'm doing it my way. Look what the man says to Jesus. Lord, let me what? First. So what is the man? Out of order. Because the scripture says in Matthew 6, what verse is this? What chapter is this? Matthew 8. Which means you've already been taught order. You're just out of order. Which means your disorder is about to bring you some devastation. And I need you to prophesy to yourself. Say, no unnecessary devastation this year. Uh-uh. I need you to say that thing like you're about to avoid every pitfall, every ditch, every unnecessary valley, every unnecessary accident. Because you're in order, you're about to avoid devastation. Say, no unnecessary devastation. Watch me. He says, let me first go bury my father. He just passed away. Certainly, God, you can understand what I'm trying to do. Certainly, you should... I'm feeling some type of way right now. Let me do this right now. Watch Jesus' response. Somebody say, I love the Lord. Watch his response to everything you tell him about why you're not doing what he said. Watch his response to everything you say. I got so much going on. Watch his response to all your excuses, all your tears, to all your frustration, to all your anger. Jesus said to him, ninja. I added that. You follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead. Pay attention. He was saying, I know you think it's a valid reason to disobey, but your disobedience is disorder, and your disorder is about to bring devastation. You being there is not going to bring him back. So what I need you to do is get yourself in order because what you're running to deal with is not what you need to be dealing with. Touch your oh, I can sense disorder being stirred up all in the building. I'm coming for every disorderly demon, every disorderly witch, every disorderly warlock and spirit. Touch somebody on the shoulder. Say, no disorder. Nobody playing with you? You ready? Jesus said, you're not going to bring him back. Well, my family need me. They ain't listening to you know how. You think they be listening to you? Jesus said, I know, but right now your instruction is, you follow me. Let the dead go bury their dead. He, look at me. He did not sympathize with the man's situation. He did not empathize with the man's issue. Jesus says, you better not get your priorities out of order because the enemy is waiting to pounce on you. And he can't touch you if you're in order. Why? Because I put a hedge of, come here, Job. I got a hedge of protection around you when you're in order. But the moment you step out of order, all of a sudden, you thought it was rough. Oh, it's about to be hell. It's about to be. I can't say that. It's about to be booty and elbows. I know, but it's second, third Sunday. I'll wait. I got five Sundays this month. Look, everybody look at me. I know, right? It's different. Different. Jubilee. Look at me. 
Jesus did not empathize with the fact that he felt overwhelmed. He did not sympathize with the fact that he felt like, I just got a lot going on right now. He said, I don't care about that. You follow me. And you go let dead folks deal with dead folks stuff. What was Jesus really saying? You're not really going for your father. Tell the truth about your motive. You're not really going for your father. You're going so that you can look important. You're going so that you can feel good. You're going, watch me, to get sympathy from people because you like playing the victim. He said, be honest about your motive. That's really what you're after. Is you want people to come over and rub you on the back. What's wrong? Oh, Jesus is so hard, ain't he? I know he is. Yeah, nothing. Jesus is like, look, punk. You follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead. Question, how many of you, you, Matthew 8, 22, watch me. How many of you in 22, you gave Jesus an excuse that you just thought he was going to accept? Somebody need to put your hands up because I can tell you you gave me an excuse. You ready? All of us. Well, Lord, this. And he's like, I don't care nothing about that. I don't care nothing about that. Let me help you because American Jesus, oh, come here. Oh, oh golly. Oh, gee whiz. Yikes. Jesus is like, I don't care nothing about that. I just got a lot going on. I don't care nothing about that. Do not use what you got going on as an excuse to break proper priorities. Watch me. For those of us that can say, I have not been perfect, but I kept my priorities right. Lift your hands, open your mouth and say, Lord, help me keep them right. So let's go. God, we got to move quickly. God's whole system of things is called a kingdom. Why a kingdom? Because he's a king. This is important to understand because most American Christians don't get this concept. You see Jesus is a nice guy. You see Jesus making a lot of nice suggestions, giving a lot of nice principles that if you get the opportunity to apply them to your life, you should. That's not what he is. He is a whole king. Revelation 19, 16. And on his robe and on his thigh, what does it say? Now, now what, what does this mean? On his thigh, he's got a tattoo inscribed that says, don't play with me. I'm not your equal. I am your king. That's the hood translation. Scripture says, on his thigh inscribed are the words king of kings and lord of lords. Why is this important? Because kings don't make suggestions. Kings make decrees. Kings don't see if it's okay with you and how you feel about it. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Kings say this is what it's going to be. And if you don't do it, watch me, you are not going to experience the goodness. Let's go. If you look at kings in the scripture, um, they would issue decrees. And anytime those decrees weren't followed, you would see people pay the price. They would have ramifications uh, for their rebellion. Every rebellious act has a ramification. Sometimes they come quickly. Sometimes he will delay. Hear me. Anytime people just did whatever they wanted to do after God was clear about what he wanted, watch me. Sometimes it would be immediate judgment. Sometimes he would let them sit and give them time to change. I'm here to tell everybody, you better hear me. Your time to change, you ready? Are you ready for this? Has come to its conclusion. Either you're going to do it or you're not, which means either you're going to have jubilee or you're not. 
For those of us that have made the decision that I will make whatever necessary changes in me because I'm not missing my jubilee, you're going to pop up on your feet and praise him. If you're not changing, sit down and don't do nothing. In this building and online, whatever I need to change, God, I will change it. Whatever is out of order, I will bring order to my life. Tell somebody on the shoulder, say, make the change already. Tell them, say, be in order already. Be seated. He is a king. He does not make suggestions. He gives decrees. He gives commands. Now, why is this important? Watch me. Why is he a king? So that you see him properly and you see what he says properly. In America, we have presidents who are elected and they can be voted in and they can be voted out. Thank God. The Lord will give you something bad sometimes just so that you wish you could have... Why a king? To see him properly and to see what he says properly. Look at Genesis 1 and 10. It says, God called the dry land earth. What did he call it? Earth. What is this still called today? The earth. Because kings don't make suggestions. They make decrees. What he called it in Genesis 1:10, it still is today. And the gathering of the waters he calls seas. What do we call that today? The seas. Look. The waters he called seas, and God saw that this was good. A king, watch me, he is only interested in pleasing to what he says. Okay, see if I can say it another way. He's not interested if what he says makes you feel good. See, y'all ain't going to talk to me. He's a king, which means I said what I said, and you need to make yourself like what I said. How many parents in the room? Wave at me. How many parents online? You remember your, now, I know we got bougie kids now where they have sushi and very eloquent palates and they get Starbucks and mocha frappuccinos, hold of this, all that and all this. We didn't have all that. What I had was my great-great-grandmama, she would make some coffee on the stove. Who remembers stove coffee? Okay. All right. Listen, and this is the only coffee you're getting. Ain't no whipped cream. This is, if you, this is coffee you get. All right, all right, you ready? Okay, uh, ask me. Uh, if, 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 if she was cooking one meal, that's what everybody in the house eating. You don't get fish and you get chicken and you get steak. Because, well, he's got his own palate. Well, he better get his own paper. That's why when I was a teenager, I couldn't wait until I had my own money. Because I said, uh-uh, I'm not eating this. I'm going to do my own thing. And that, well, you better pay for it. You ready? Look at me. Look at me. He says, and God saw that this was good, pleasing and useful. Watch me. Everything he said, look at what he did to it. He affirmed it. And he sustained it. So when God says, this is what I said, God says, I affirm what I say, and I'm going to sustain what I say. Which means, watch me, if what you're doing isn't being sustained, that's because I didn't say that. If your little relationship ain't being sustained, that's because I didn't send them. Y'all ain't gonna talk. If your attitude isn't being sustained, I'm not affirming jackasses. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. I'm not affirming disobedience and disorder. I'm not cussing Deuteronomy 22 and 10. And the Bible says, Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Ass is a donkey. Jack for the male donkey. Jenny for the female donkey. Look. All right, you ready? So I gotta see him properly. What he said is what he said. And that's the end of the discussion. Okay, say, Lord, you are king. Tell him. See, you ain't even saying it strong. Say, Lord, you are king. Okay, which means if he says forgive, 
Well, Lord, you don't know what they did. I didn't ask you what they did. I didn't ask you about all this wrong you done. And if I forgave you, I'll dare you sit up and talk about you holding a grudge and you man and you can't forgive somebody. I wish you would. All right, here we go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. <laughs> so I got to see him and what he says properly. He affirms and sustains what he says. This is why some of you, watch me, look at me. You look at your life and you're like, how am I, how is this even working? It's because since you're obedient, he affirms and he sustains. And it may not be what you want to be, but who can tell the truth that you are not where you He affirms and he sustains. He affirms and he sustains. He affirms and he sustains. But not only that, but it's important for you to see yourself properly. If I don't see my God as king of kings, then I won't see me properly. And if you don't see you properly, you will walk around like a slave. When the truth is, you're Moses. You will walk around struggling in the name of God. When God says, literally, I gave you the key to the bag. You will walk around complaining about what you have the power to change. The craziest thing is to see somebody in a cage, in a cage, complaining. Come on, come on. It's part two. Come on, part two. Come on, come on. You got your good lime green on too. Shock. Come on. Got your harvest colors on. Ready? You will walk around in the, watch me. This, this, this was you in 22. Lord, I just don't know. I don't know. And he got his robe on with his tattooed thigh. Talking about I'm king of kings and I'm lord of lords. And this is how you're living? This is offensive. And you're doing it in the name of, but that's all that's working. That's because you don't see you right because you don't see him right. When I see him right, I see me right. When I see God right, I see the God in me right. When I see him as a ruler, I see that I'm a ruler. When I see him as somebody that rules, reigns, conquers, and subdues, I see myself the same way. Look at me. And some people, once you see yourself right, here's what they will say. Well, you're just too aggressive. You're just a punk. No offense. Ready? When I say punk, I mean you just, you, you back down when you should back, you know, just push up. I just want to make sure everybody understands. Because no punks allowed in Jubilee. Because this is going to be the year you're going to walk up on your Goliath, and that thing going to look huge, and you're going to say, but who is? This uncircumcised Philistine that dare to fight the armies of the living God. I know you think you're going to punk me and make me sit down, make me shut up. I know there's what looks like more against me, but baby, I got a whole army of angels that are fighting for... Come on, tell somebody next to you and say, you're a king, you're a king, you're a king. No, please touch somebody that will put a praise behind that. Tell somebody else, say, you're a king, you're a king, you're a king. You're a curse breaker, history maker, line crosser. You're going to be the first one in your bloodline. And I know it don't feel like it, but what did God say? Look at scripture, Revelation 5.10. And he has made us. Which means God says, this is done. This is done. Every time you come to church, I'm teaching you how to reign. You're training to reign. Not manage misery. Most Christians, and, and I say this with respect and love because I'm a pro-man of God, I'm a pro-church guy. Most people are taught to manage misery. They are taught to have behavior modification. 
So every message is about sin, 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 sin. Sin, 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 sin. Sin, 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 sin. Hell, 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 hell. Well, if you just teach me I'm a king. At some point, sin ain't the problem. Because I'm going to start walking like what I am. I'm going to start talking like what I am. See, some of y'all, you don't even recognize this is a kingdom gospel that you're being given that teaches you who you are. And when you know who you are, it automatically changes what you do. I have never been called to a farm to lay my hands. Man of God, can you come do what? Can you come lay your hands on what? On the cow. Why? Because the cow is clucking. Well, watch me. But this is what most Christians do. Most Christians do. I just need, I just need this. I just need this. No, you just need to know who you are. And you're never going to know who you are unless you know who he is. A, a cow knows the cow's what? Can we practice? Come on, let's pretend like it's kids' church. And the cow goes. I never had to lay my hands on a cow and say, in the name of Jesus, hey, glory. I command you chicken spirit to come out. Loose here and let him go. <laughs> come on, lift up your hands, cow. <laughs> Can't even do Put your hoof, throw your back hooves up and tell the Lord, yes. You know why I've never had to do that? Because since he called it a cow, and you'll miss it. How did he call it a cow? He made his son, Adam. And then he said, now, son, you're a king. So whatever you call it, that's what. See, some of you got to be careful because you're getting exactly what you asked for. You called it a mess. That's why you got a mess. You called it drama. That's why you got drama. Tell somebody next to you, say, it's going to be exactly what you call it. And for some of you, 2022, it's not comfortable like that, is it? It's, 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 not, it's, it's not too comfortable. It's not comfortable to be in there. It doesn't look comfortable. Can you spread out? Can't even spread out. Which means you have everything you need, but you can't do what you want. I'm about to shout myself. Ah! Everything you need, you have. You got a phone. You got money. You got resources. You got knowledge. You have skills. Watch me. But you're not getting anything but what you have. And you're saying, I don't have it. It's not that you don't have it. It's that the way you can find yourself and put restrictions on yourself, you're not able to do what you're supposed to do. I need you to make this declaration. Say, I already have everything I need. Say, I'm finally about to use it. Come on now, 15. I only got five more minutes. And I need to make sure you get this word. Tell somebody close to you. Say, you're coming out of every cage. Out of every restriction. Out of every boundary, you are a king and a priest, and we shall reign on the earth. I'm not trying to die to get to heaven. I'm living well to bring heaven down here. Heaven in my family, heaven in my finances, heaven in my business, heaven in my church, heaven all over. Look at me, look at me, look at me. When you see him as a king, you see you as a king. Look at me, every excuse you've given him, look at me, is out of order. Well, I can't because of this. You are 
out of order. When I'm waiting on this, why? You are out of order. I just heard this for three of you. Like, well, I'm waiting on this. Set the date. And when you set the date, he's going to make sure that what you need by that date. I ain't playing with you. He keeps saying, I'm waiting on the financer to come through for my business. Set the opening date for your business, and you're going to watch the resources float. Set the date your body is going to be at a certain weight, and then y'all ain't going to talk. Set the date and watch God set you up. We're about to move on. I only got three minutes left. But for every person that knows you're in Jubilee and you're a king, I just need you to lift your hands and say, I'm going to set some dates today. I Set the date you're coming out of debt. Set the date you're going to pay your American Express off. Set the date you're going to pay. Gotta go. So look, when I see him as king, I see me as king. You ready? And look at the last part he says. And we shall reign on the earth. So if you grew up in church, you were taught, suffer through hell, die. Hopefully you don't go to hell. And then, then you're going to walk on the streets of gold. Ninja. Now, I'm walking on them now. I wish you'd look at your neighbor real good and say you look like new money. Oh, my God. Wrong one. Try another one. Say you look like you lack nothing. Come on. You look like you're happier. Matter of fact, baby, you got a glow all on you. You look like all things are working together for your good. You look like you've been through hell, but you came back and your life is about to go to a... Yeah! Yeah! And we shall reign. Which means when I'm in Denver, watch me reign. In Atlanta, watch me reign. In Miami, watch me reign. Wherever I go, watch me reign. What does reign mean? Reign means I am over it. And some of you, I'm going to let you out in just a moment. See, because here's what happens. Some of you get so used to it, you forgot you're in it. You get so used to it, you forgot you're in it. Your thinking has sucked for 40 years, and nobody's ever told you it's bad. You have thought less of yourself than God thinks of you, and nobody ever told you it's bad. But I came today to be your Moses in the spirit. You're about to come out of every risk. Here we go. Here we go. Look. Look. He says, and we shall reign where? And we shall reign where? Okay. Now, now all of this... It's connected to Matthew 6.33. But your priorities got to be right. See, when you get into this place in life, your priorities become survival. Your priority becomes, I'm just trying to make it through the day. You say crazy stuff. I'm just on the grind. That is, this cra- you're a king. You just curse yourself. You just curse your life. I can't stand these kids. You just curse yourself, which is why you let them run around and be Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers. And Chucky. Oh, I'm just, I don't know what's going on with my finances. You just cursed yourself, King. You just cursed yourself. I'm just, God, I'm so tired. You just cursed yourself. No wonder why you wake up tired. How you want to fast and you tired? Your energy level should be going up by day three. Why? Because you ain't got all that sugar and flour wearing you down. Bible says lay aside every weight. 
You ready? Look, look. You can get so used to being here. Come on, I'm out of time. You can get so used to being here that this becomes the norm. This becomes comfortable. So what then begins to happen? You begin to find people that match your dysfunction. So now, you, 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 you mad about your stuff, but now you didn't invited people in there. Do the best you can. Lord help her. You so did it too. The Lord had the right one on the front row. Won't he give you what you need when you need it? So now, you got a king and a queen caged. I pray you don't marry somebody that's in a cage themselves. Oh my God. I pray you're not surrounded by friends that are in cages themselves. I pray that you don't have friends that say, you don't need to do all that. Come in here with me. Baby, I am living in my juba. So now, both of y'all uncomfortable. You ready? You ready? And now y'all fighting with one another when the real issue is you need to fight the cage. See, some of y'all people tick you off and it's because you pull both of y'all into too narrow of an environment. Y'all ready? So now they mad at one another. They mad at one another. They going back and forth with one another. They fighting with one another, pushing on one another. Watch me. Look at me. And God is saying, I'm confused as to what y'all are doing. And then you'll hear a message like this. That's good. And still sit there. All you're going to do is go home, try to find you some vegan food, and go right back to how life used to be. That was last Sunday. But for every Sunday hereafter, every midweek hereafter this year, you're going to hear a word and then immediately implement changes. I prophesy God would make you uncomfortable in your cage. I prophesy God would make you uncomfortable in your lack of celebration, your lack of restoration, your lack of liberation. In emancipation, God is like, you're a king. Well, I just need somebody to help me. King, help your. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just waiting on somebody to help me out, Lord. Lord, send some help. For what? You're just going to pull them in there with you. I'm not sending you any help until you've decided what you need help for. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. I need you to fist bump somebody and say, I'm a king, you're a king, let's go. Ah. And we shall reign where? On the earth. What does this mean? How does it mean to keep the kingdom first? They gotta stay right there. Because you can only come out when you do these things. How do you keep the kingdom first? You make what's important to the king important to you. You'll never walk as a king until you make what's important to the king of kings important to you. So let me show you how you get. Say, how do I get out of the cage? Number one, watch me. You know these five T's. For those of you think I already know these, you need to hear them the most because you're the most trifling with them. So let me help. Number one, talent. Serving in church. God says, you want to start coming out of this cage? Watch me. The first step is going to be with you using your life to change the life of somebody else. Why did he bless you to be a blessing? But why are you a reservoir? What is a reservoir? It just keeps what it has. 
So you mean to tell me you have all these skills, gifts, talents, and abilities, and the house of God got to beg you to use them? Yet you'll sell them to the man out there for anything. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. I pray you ain't nothing more than a high price. You exchange gifts, talents, and abilities for checks. Preach, Bishop! I think I will. Each one of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve what? Others. Look at the person next to you say, serve me. And I'll serve you. There was no check involved. It was serving. Look at me. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Okay, so notice she got one foot out. But watch me. But the only way, watch me, to get out of that is you have to make what's important to the king important to you. So I can't just do it once. I'm going to have to be consistent. Which means when I'm serving, I got to give it my best. I got to give it my all. Why? Even when I have to serve people that are unservable. Even when I have to love people that are unlovable. Even when I have to deal with people that make me want to snap, crackle, and pop, I still have to serve. Next. Next. Let's go. Time. Church attendance. Okay. So now... Okay, now that you've been faithful to church attendance, come out just a little bit more, a little bit more. Watch me. For some of you, you can need all five. You do parts. You don't do all. Time, that's church attendance. Look at Luke 4, 16. We got to go. Then Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As what? Usual. It's on the screen. As what? Talk. As what? Come on, y'all. Watch me. He went into the synagogue on the day of worship. Stop. What is the preacher going to teach God about himself? How you gonna you think Jesus is gonna be sitting up in the message? Talking about my God. Ooh, he is preaching. Preach me. You know, he is the word. Preach this Bible. Come on, sir. Uh -uh. He was teaching you the principle. Jesus said, This is my usual. So don't call me asking me to do nothing on no Sunday. See how quiet it got? Don't call me asking to do nothing on no, on no midweek. Don't call me asking me to do nothing during prayer. Why? This is my usual. And for some of you, because this isn't your usual, your life has been very unusual. He went into the synagogue on the day of worship. Then what did he do? He stood up to read the lesson. Watch me. If you grew up old school church, they had an Old Testament read, New Testament read. That's where this comes from. Jesus stood up and said, <laughs> may the Lord add a, re, uh, a blessing to the, the, how they say it? To the hearers and the doers of his word. That's what they say. <laughs> you ready? It's going to be like that. I got a Martin Luther King service to do at five. And I already know, but I'm the master ceremony. So, look, this is going to be a harvest style church. We ain't going to be in there for no three and four hours. All these political people, are, oh, baby, you have two minutes. And when I put my hand on your back, stop talking. You hear me? I'm the mayor. Mr. Mayor, you have two minutes. I'm in Congress. Congress lady, this, it's the only time we see you in here, baby. I'm going to need you to use these two minutes quickly. Let's go. My petty spirit is activated. Let's go. Number three. Oh, number love for everybody. I love everybody. Number three. Okay, come on. Just a little bit more. Your thirst. Now, watch me. Your church attendance has to be consistent. Now, some of you, watch me. Thank God you're part of a hybrid church. So you can be in the building. You can be online. If something's happening, you can watch live from wherever you're at. You can do like those other folks on your job, put them earphones in. Yes, While you're working, 
And while you're working on the floor, and in Jesus' name, but what are you doing? Just stretching and stretching. But the Muslims and the Jews aren't ashamed, so neither will I be. The Muslims will stop what they're doing, pull their sheet out, and then get down on the carpet and pray in the middle of which means I'll be doggone if you serve a false god and you're going to be that committed. And I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the great I am. Watch me pray in front of everybody. Watch me bless my food in front of everybody. Watch me give God glory in front of everybody. Watch me run in my office in front of everybody. I don't care what nobody got to say. Number three, thirst, your prayer, your praise, and your worship. For some of you, you only pray when it's rough. You only praise and worship when you want something. Which means you're like a bad husband that only is nice to his wife when he wants sex. Talk to me, 915. I have a very, I got three sentences. I think I'm on that third one today. Only time you're nice. Hey, baby. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Get up, get up, get up, get up. You ready? <laughs> uh-uh, stop, because some of y'all spirits just got totally took to a bad place. Come back. Look at me. Your prayer, your praise, and your worship, God says, these are important to me. Prayer is important to me. So it's going to be important to you. Praise is important to me. That's why over the last several months, I keep breaking in the middle of the message, and I'll say, lift your hands and worship God and do this. Why? So that you can see this is how it's supposed to flow during your day. I could be at the gym. And I don't care nothing about them people looking at me. I will be in the gym. And then I'll think about something he's done. Stop and say. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And some will be like, what you be doing over there? You be having a good time. I say, because my God has been real good to me. And what you don't know is somebody else is watching your praise. And your praise is going to be the only testimony you got to tell them. Because they're going to see your praise and they're going to say, well, who is your God? To the chief musician, a skillful song or didactic or reflective poem, the sons of Korah. These were those that served, servant leaders in church. This is where we get the concept of deacons, servant leaders. As the deer pants longingly for the water brooks, my soul pants longingly for you, O God. Pants. You ever been thirsty? They're like thirsty, thirsty though. Some of y'all thirsty right now. So, so on, um, on Friday, on Friday, I, I, I had this, um, uh, okay, I'm going to tell you all my business. You know, you like it anyhow. I know church people. Um, <laughs> some of y'all are like, oh, I ain't been listening to nothing he's saying now, but what he's saying? Listen, um, so a few years ago, after I lost a bunch of weight, I, 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 I'd heard about a colonic. Now, for those of you not familiar with what a colonic is, water helps to wash out all of the weight you've been carrying. Now, this is not medical advice. Um, it's not medical advice. All right, so um, starting to fast, the Holy Ghost said, this is not just going to be spiritual for you. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you reach your next physical fitness goal. So he said, I want you to go do it. So they... For those of you not familiar with it, I know, you know we're in church, and so I'm going to keep it as high level as I can. So the Lord washed me. Come on, lift your hands and say, and he washed me. <laughs> so he washed me. So the problem with that is that then the day after, you can be very dehydrated. 
And so yesterday, I was so thirsty. I think I drank all of the water that was available in that precinct. I had one glass, then another glass, then another glass, then another glass, because I was thirsty. Look at me. God says, part of you coming out of this is that you're thirst. See, why do you have to be begged to praise? You're not thirsty. Why do we have to pump you up in the prayer? You're not thirsty. Which means if you don't get thirsty on your own, he'll put you in a situation that prompts a thirst. I don't know about you, God. I don't need you to put me in nothing negative for me to get thirsty. I am like the deer panting after you. And I will praise you. I will worship you. And I will pray. All of the deer in the building, end on line, we're about to go. But just lift your hands and say, God, I'm panting after you. Come on, who can praise him without being told to do it? Who can give him glory without... Next one, next one, your testimony, your testimony. So come out a little bit more, come out a little bit more. Now you're not fully out. Come on, but just get out. Come on, just get. Now you still got. Now see, here's the problem because you got half of you that's in there, half of you that's out of there, huh? and this is the frustration some Christians have because parts they're like, I'm good, and other parts. Luke 14, 23, we got to go. So his master said, go into the country lanes. <laughs> go to Nutbush. Church house, in-house, school house, outhouse on highway number 19. The people keep the city clean. They call it Nutbush. Oh, Nutbush. They call it Nutbush City Limits. Y'all need to read y'all's Bibles. because I'm just playing. So his master said, go out to the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find. You discriminate against who you think you want to invite. So-and-so look like they're going to be cool. Let me invite them. He said, invite everybody. Why? So my house will be full. Could it be that because you have refused to use your life to invite other people to the thing that gives you life, that parts of your life are still on hold? This is important to him. He said, go everywhere. Go to the highways and the byways. Go to the country towns. In other words, he says, wherever you go, see yourself on a mission. Why did you go to that particular King Supers at that particular time in the day? King Supers for my online family is Kroger. Why did you go to that Winn-Dixie for my southern folks? Oh, they still got them. No, no, no. Why did you go to that Piggly Wiggly? There's still one in Montgomery, Alabama. I drove past it. I wanted to go in it so bad. I wanted to go. I was preaching and I saw it. I was like, I'm going to be late to church if I go in there, but I really want to go in here. I just want to see if it still looks like the last time I saw it when I was three. Listen. Look at me. God says, if you are not using your testimony to invite people into my house, God says, you're not making what's important to me important to you. You think it's Bishop's job. You think it's everybody else's job. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your job. Which means the key to him letting you out, grab his hand, is you got to get somebody else out. The key for you walking this thing out is that you got to get somebody else out. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me right there. Which means, watch me, grab him and then y'all start, start making way out. Start making way out. Start making way out. Now, no, wait a minute. Before you fully out, last one. These are the five T's. Last one, your treasure. 
your tithes, offerings, first fruits, love offerings. I want you to pay close attention to this scripture. Because some people, watch me, no matter how much I teach you, no matter how many praise reports you read, no matter how much, how much you see, you still have not given him your treasure. You ready? Mark 12, 41. And Jesus sat facing the temple, watch me, offering box. Let me tell you the part of church Jesus watches, the money part. You see this right here? Huh? Talk. And Jesus sat looking at the offering box. So every person says, he knows my heart. Nope, he watches your hands. He watches your hands. He, the Lord knows me. He knows I want to give. Nope, he saw what you didn't give. Because he knows what he gave you. Can you be trusted? Touch the person next to you. Say, you're going to be trusted with big money this year. Uh -uh. Come on. Touch somebody else. Touch somebody else. Touch somebody else. You're going to be trusted with big money this year. Online, I need you to tag somebody. You're going to be trusted with big money this year. You're going to write checks with several zeros. You're going to have eight. Watch me. You're going to have to wire your giving because it's too high. Come on. Speak this over your life. Say, big money. Come to me this year. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Y'all stay right there. Everybody stand. We got to go. And Jesus sat facing the temple offering box. Look at the next part of the verse. It's underlined. And he watched how much money they gave. Now, this is a trip. Because if you grew up, I remember when we first started the church, there was a, a gal, and she, she had done choirs and music stuff, so she did music. And... Um, and she said, Bishop, you know, I've never been taught about tithing. I said, well, you've been taught now. I said, and, you, and we don't do leaders that rob God. We don't do that. So either you, 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 that's not going to work. And she said, well, I, you know, I give the girls a couple dollars every time. to put it." I said, a couple dollars. I said, what did he give you, though? And that leader ended up, <laughs> watch me, rather than comply with what God said, she said, I'm going to just take a sabbatical. I said, I said, Can, okay. Now, what I, can I, I'm going to tell you what I said to me, and then I'm going to tell you what I said to her. To her, I said, well, I encourage you to follow the word. To me, Steph, I said, you're going to stay broke. I said, don't be mad at me while you're watching everybody else roll up in they new, drive they new, have they new, and you sitting there struggling. That's on you. And, and nobody, no pressure. Do what you want to do. But just don't expect to get something from a king that you robbed. He watched the offering. He watched text to give. Look at the next part. Look at this. All of them, uh, look, or verse uh, 42, a poor widow dropped in two small coins worth less than a cent. How many coins? This is actually double what she gave because her two, her two coins equaled a penny. These are two pennies. This is double what she gave. Because let me say, but it's not that much. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. See, if I can trust you with these, I can trust you to where you don't need those. I'll, I'll trust you where you don't need that. See, I, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. Look at what he says. A poor widow woman. She had less uh, than, slipped in two small coins worth less than a cent. Look at the last verse. Everybody stand at home in the, in the building. We got to go. It's supposed to be done 15 minutes ago. You all right? Where are you going to go? <laughs> Someone said to the eleven fifteen. <laughs> Downstairs to wash my face off and come back up. Listen, you ready? 
Verse 44. All of them gave what, look at me, they could spare. But in her poverty, she gave everything she had to live on. Everybody look at me. Look at what Jesus didn't say. She's going through a rough time. She doesn't have to give. She, she, she's on a fixed income. She doesn't have to give. It's been, a, it's been a rough. She had a lot going on through Christmas. God says, I don't care nothing about that. Let the dead. You keep what I said first. Which means if don't nobody else get theirs, I make sure God gets his. Because if you grew up, you were taught, well, God knows your heart. It's okay. And God says, no. No. I give seed to the sower. So now you invited somebody. And now watch me. You got your offering in the ground. You got your tithes in the ground. Watch what happens. Not only are you out. But somebody that's been in it longer than you. And now both of y'all can rejoice. And you can say, this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in eyes. Thank you all very much. Come on, open up your mouth now, 15. We got to go. But lift your hands one more time and just tell the Lord, say, I'll keep you first. I'll keep your kingdom first all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this building and online. If you need to become a Christian, today's your day. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful, today's your day. Third, if like Bishop Holman, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure enough sure. If that's you in this building or online, i got to move quick because I'm out of time. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, be sure. On three, slip your hand up in the building online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. God loves you unconditionally. Bishop Holman, I still got questions. I still got sin. I still got issues. Guess what? There's no place too low where the blood of Jesus cannot flow. He loves you. How? Unconditionally. Bible says this, even if you make your bed in hell, he's still going to love you. Which means even if you choose to stay in your cage, he's going to love you until you come out your cage. But today I prophesy every person is out of your restrictions. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On three, do that hand with the emoji online or type it's me in the building. Slip your hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. Respond right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Quickly, everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. And you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall, give me the grace to get right back up. I'm keeping your kingdom first. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, take your phone out. Text the word HARVEST at 55498. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word DECISION to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 